Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. What's up, Jooms? I'm Halls Burkhart. Yeah, you better give us some eddies, because today we're talking about the first game on our list that has a wiener creator. It's Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> the, one of the most controversial games of the last couple of years, I might add. And not because of the fucking wiener customization, surprisingly. Um, we got guests. We got guests this week, so you know my awkward ass is going to fuck something up. Uh, first up, we got our buddy from the Sith list, Randy. What's up, you corpo scum? Oh, 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 oh. And from the Sacred Icon podcast, it's our buddy Josh. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, what's up, dudes? Happy to be here. Golf clap. Golf clap for myself. Well. I kind of feel like you might not be as happy as you uh, as you might be as you could be when you find out why we really had you here. We're bringing you forth on charges of bit infringement <laughs> in the third degree, and you might be wondering why the fuck is Randy here? Well, we need an impartial juror. Okay, so oh, let's do it. All right, all right. I say shoo. I say shoo. I say shoo. With that like Law and Order theme right now. <laughs> <laughs> so no, not actually. I just wanted to fuck with our buddy a little bit. Um, you know. Oh man, I would. I could have went with it too. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give you props, Josh, for the uh, the checks warrior pick. Man, I almost I almost pulled off the side of the road when you busted that out. That oh really? Episode. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because, like, I was bluffing on that episode. Like, Brian was like, man, who the hell is that? And I said, like, I'm pretty confident in this pick. I totally wasn't because I've <laughs> never known anyone else who's played that game, yet I know people out there have. They and then I have. saw so many people, yeah, hit me up, and they were like, dude, Check's Quest, Check's Warrior. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, and absolutely. I would also like to bring one more thing to the table, you know. Let it be said that I let it not be said that I'm not an observant man and I don't catch subtext. Like mm-hmm. I know what that last pick was about, buddy. Right? I know you didn't want this smoke. You didn't want this bit infringement smoke. So you 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 drafted Van Dam. I know who that Hell was yeah. for. I know who that was for, and I don't mind. I don't mind one bit. Go ahead. You're getting my vote. 
Yes, my boat can be bought. And oh, how that... Dude, I do. It's funny. I do have this like crazy association with uh, with you and him now. Like anytime I see him in anything, I'm, I'm like, I bet Hawes would like that. I bet Hawes would like him in that. I wonder what Hawes thinks of him in that You're every single damn time. <laughs> not enough uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme appearances in video games, in my opinion. No. Um, no. He's right for it, too. So, we're going to be talking about tw- Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I think it's fair to say that all four of us have put a lot of, a lot of time in this game. So, I think we can talk about it pretty confidently. Um, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, one of the biggest gaming controversies in the last couple of years was the release of the, this game and the state of the game when it released. Um, I think, like, plenty has been said about that already, you know? We're talking, you know, almost two years after the fact. We've It's been patched to hell and back. It's got the next-gen upgrade, which is, I would think, the most recent version that all of us played or whatever. So I think we just focus on the, the product as it is today, Instead of being like, well, they really fucked up and released a broken product. Yeah, we know. We know. They fucked up. Yeah, totally works for me. I mean, I, I didn't have uh, I didn't have to play it right away anyway because I have a backlog of like about 4,000 games. Right. So I was in no yeah, hurry. Yeah, same here. So uh, what I'll do is I'll try to direct so it doesn't get a little too chaotic. Uh, I think there's always an amount of that that's going to be going on when you have four excitable dudes talking about a video game with a dick customization option. I'm going to harp on (laughs) that a whole lot. And for the record, like I know the whole idea of being in a video game or or having a game with a character customization is like you make the ultimate version of yourself. Right. Yeah. Nah, man, I live at full. I, I, I live at true to life. The dick slider all the way to the left, all the way to the left. I said, I can't live that lie. I don't know how to inhabit those shoes of a man that's swinging schmeet. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> was the vag- was the vagina simulation any different? Because I didn't mess around with the female character. Could you do like. I think so. Uh, I think you big could. vaginas or anything like that. I think you could. You could change how nineteen uh, seventies mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. vagina was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Super bushy. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Nice. Bugging. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> see, I told you I was going to get awkward. Like the minute, uh, like I can talk about <laughs> s- small dicks all day, every day. Tune in to fucking Comedy Central to see my my tight thirty minutes on small dicks. But hell yeah, man, girl, we're not a shower. You know 30. what I'm saying? nor a a, not a grower nor a shower my dude i wish i wish i could lean on that you know what i mean all right i'm just trying to get this back on track we'll go we'll go round robin give just your high level overview thoughts on the game we'll start with you randy what'd you think uh i really liked it i played it when it came out and i played it on pc so i didn't have a lot of the uh issues that i think a lot of people were uh losing their shit over right but i put like about a i think i clocked it in about 187 hours on that first playthrough oh nice damn i played everything everything that i could find in that game and uh some of it was just like walking around getting lost in it but i I, without like getting too much into it i really 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 like that game it's one of the games that i still go back to and i'll just like watch videos on just because that world was very interesting to me I think that is something that even in the uh, initial release, 
you know, while so much of the discussion was based on like how bad the last gen versions were running, rightfully so, by the way, like I do think oh, yeah. it was very shady of cyber uh, mm-hmm. of CD project red to release it in the state. It was especially on those older systems. Um, I think that's totally justified, but you know, when I was playing it, when it first released, I had a very similar experience to you, Randy. I was playing it on the series X though. Um, not PC, but the Series X version definitely didn't have the number of bugs that some of the other versions did. Um, right. And this was pre the next gen patch. And I thought that game did a real good job of at its base, sort of getting the vibe of the cyberpunk universe across. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> All right, Josh, what do you think? You just going to repeat what I said? I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I don't want you to think no, I'm no, no. serious. Like if I, I know I can take a bit too far sometimes, and I just felt it happening. What'd you think, buddy? Just, no, you're just joshing me, Hawes. Oh. I love it. She, <laughs> uh, man, I loved that game so much. Uh, I totally get it. Randy, right? Is it Randy? Yes. I'm yep. sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, I get that, man. That game has stayed with me since I've beaten it. I mean, there's some games I'll beat, and. Once I'm done, once I'm done with it, or either when I'm like in the middle of it, I'm like, what am I gonna play next? Or on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And when I beat that one, I was like, man, I, I wasn't even like super satisfied with the ending. So I went through. I like I flipped open my guide at that point, and I was like, I'm gonna spoil myself. And I did like two other different options just to see what happened. And man, I was like, I this was one of the very few like RPGs I've played where I like. I'm pretty satisfied with my ending, but I also was like, man, I don't know if there's, like, one concise one where I felt like it was, like, the penultimate, like, best one or something. But I love that game. Um, super amazing. Uh, I I love how it performs now. I, I'm such a noob when it comes to, like, frames per second stuff. So, like, I played most of the game in 30 FPS with the ray tracing on. So did I. And I was like, this is so beautiful. And then, like... The last third of the game, I was like, you know, I'm gonna see what this performance mode is, and then, whoa, man, it was like a <laughs> night and day difference, and I was like, I understand now, like I never understood that <laughs> type of stuff before, just being a console dude, but like, oh my god, I was like, the future's now, and uh, <laughs> it was amazing. But I, I will say, um, did any of you guys do the uh, the paralysis uh, mm-hmm. side quest? Mm-hmm. Man, that ending, what man, that was That's my favorite dark- quest in the entire. Dark ass fucking storyline. That one, one was, in the river which one, one was Paralysis. Uh, that was the, the prisoner uh, guy, right? Who's one? Oh to, yeah, the, yeah. No, he was. No, no, he's talking. He's talking about the senator. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Was, yeah. I can't remember his name, but his wife was Elizabeth, and you're like supposed to yep. help him out. Yeah. That but that that was, prisoner was one was wild. Ooh. Yeah. The prisoner one was pretty of, wild. Lots of the yeah. side quests were really insane in that game. Dude, that <laughs> one with way. River, where you go to the farm. Ah. Yeah. That one's pretty good too. Yeah, but oh, I, I love the game. Um, I think that's what I loved about it the most is it was like <laughs> it's kind of dark. I had to get in like a good frame of mind to play that shit because it wasn't just like a popping and play like this. I wasn't getting like Fall Guy vibes from this shit at all. No, you know what I mean? No. Like it was well. <laughs> so I I do find it interesting, and we can sort of talk about this now, and we'll we'll get Steve's views too. But I think this is a good sort of segue. You know, this is the game that preceded what I consider to be one of the best open world 
RPGs I've ever played, The Witcher 3, right? And like oh, yeah. the sort of trajectory that CD Projekt Red took with, you know, the first Witcher game, which is fucking rough, my dudes. I don't know who how many of y'all played the original Witcher, but it is fucking rough. And like I tried it. Yeah, tried it's it. tar- it, it, I have it's it shames me because I love the franchise, but I've never been able to get through the first one, right? Um, and like the, the way they sort of just stepped up bit by bit, Witcher two way better. And then Witcher three is like a goddamn masterpiece. I, I feel personally. And a big part of that was the writing, right? And, and the side quest writing was really strong in it, in the Witcher three, where even though you were doing a side quest, you weren't advancing the main story. You were getting really good shit out of those side quests for a lot of them. I don't personally think cyberpunk reaches the heights of the Witcher three quite. It it doesn't quite get there, but there are some incredibly strong moments in the writing of this game. The writing of this game at times toes the line and steps over the edge of edge Lord for me a little bit. Um, (laughs) A bit. That's fair. That's there's, there's some times that happens. I, you know, I get it. It fits the universe. It fits the vibe, but like, I don't know, man, like there's, and I always fucking reference this one line because to me, it sounds like something I would have written in cyberpunk fan fiction when I was in the eighth grade. But like, there's this part where you're hanging out with Johnny Silverhand and right. And you're talking about some lady and he goes, ah, the best pussy I ever ate. And it's Keanu Reeves saying that. And I'm like, it gave me douche chills. It gave me (laughs) serious fucking douche chills. And I was like, that's a bad moment. Right. Right. Not hating on the game, not hating on Johnny right. Silverhand's game, but man, not a, a not a poorly written, just two edge. Uh, yeah. I'll agree with you. The uh, Johnny Silverhand stuff is like introduction to anti-capitalist manifestos. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like just it's like very just like surface level, like fucking anarchist. It is, and that shit does like strike me as like, oh, God, that stuff can be really cringe. But I think, as far as like the all the side quests that you get with each of the extra characters that you meet, whether it be uh, uh, Judy Rivers, um, uh, who are the other ones that uh, you come across, it's been so fucking long. But Pan all Am. those, all Pan Am, all the side quests that they do for. For those, I think those are really well-constructed side quests that you can easily just not be part of if you decide not to. And they're long, too. Like, that's something I always liked about The Witcher 3 is that that I think they carry over into cyberpunk in a really really good way is the side quests feel uh, uh, important and sort of momentous when you do them, right? Like, it's not just a simple fetch quest. Like they're multi-step side quest where you'll complete and you'll think you'll be done with the quest and then you'll get, you know, a call or a text three days later, you know, continuing that quest on. I, I really think that's cool. And as they, you know, as we go forward and they release more games and, you know, I'm hoping they have a bit of a redemption story with their next game. I hope they continue that sort of quest structure because that really appeals to me. All right, Steve, buddy. High level overview. What would you think? Yeah, man, I had a good time for sure. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the good side quest, but I also really enjoyed the combat, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for being a pretty 
it for trying to be a hardcore RPG. The combat was some of the best combat I've played in a game like that. It kind of puts fallouts to shame at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, that's... Smart, the smart weapons were great. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed those a lot. I spec shotgun and nobody really Dang. was able to touch me. <laughs> I, um... a, I feel like, Oh, go ahead. Hawes. I'm sorry. Man. No, you go buddy. I was going to say there was a point where like at first I was getting my ass handed to me and then like a good chunk into the game after going into certain perks and stuff. I was just obliterating. Like I went from like a stealth approach to like, I would just jump in there and throw myself yep. into combat in <laughs> mm-hmm. those scenarios same. and just blast my way through there. And I felt like a God and it was, a, yeah, I mean, same. it was amazing. It had, gave me that power fantasy for sure. The first time I fought, um, what are the, they're like a side quest. They're the cyber psychos. Is that what they're yep. called? Yeah. yeah. The first time I fought one of those things, like I, I got destroyed. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not supposed to fight these things until I'm like way leveled up or whatever. But Mm -hmm. after a certain level or like a few levels and I found a smart shotgun, (laughs) (laughs) I went back and paid her a visit, you know. You're like, I'm the cyber psycho now. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. You want her alive? (laughs) Too bad. Um, (laughs) You know, so when Cyberpunk first released, this was one of those games that Steve and I were texting back and forth about all day every day oh it's only a couple of days i can't wait and it comes out steve plays it a little bit then his attention gets drawn somewhere else and he's like you know we're in the midst of the controversy at this point he's like i'm just gonna wait until they do the next gen patch and then i'll check it out i stuck with it and checked it out and um so when this time came around and we i started replaying it and steve started playing it for the first time a lot of our conversations revolved around how successful we thought they were in pulling off that first person gun combat because that's not what they're known for, right? They've been known for third person melee combat, you know, type of thing right. with The Witcher. Yeah. So I do think it's commendable how well they pulled it off because it is not something that everybody pulls off. Like, I love, I love, love, love the Bethesda fallout games but the gun combat in those always feels a little clunky right yeah uh, I, I, yeah. I agree and i loved when you like pull out every weapon every time it's like a new gun in this game like it has a different animation you know mm-hmm. just for the gun like cocking and loading and stuff like that super cool yeah love the, the detail there they i mean that's another thing they are masters of the little details like they definitely nail the vibe and the little details um, so yeah, I think the fact that the, the gun combat is as satisfying it is. And like both times I've played it, I've started off heavily melee focused because there's like a katana that's available to you really on early on. And it is not, there's no way I would play the entire game melee focused, but it's pretty decent and it's pretty fun to run into like a middle of a room and just fucking, you know, futuristic ninja cut up everybody with a katana. It's pretty satisfying. So I, I, I loved those arm upgrades. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get into upgrades, but the, so, you know, you have to kind of pick between what are those, those bl- mantis blades. You mm-hmm. kind of pick between those and the gorilla arms mm-hmm. or the yeah. rocket or the rockets. I went with the gorilla arms because they help you um, beat up the people in the missions, uh, yeah. the, the boxing missions. Yeah. My God, gorilla arms are a lot of fun. Bro, <laughs> Give, uh, I mean, hitting somebody with that hand banana and they basically just fucking explode the minute you make contact, yeah. that's rad. 
or go flying like mm-hmm. 50, 50 yards. You know, it's really awesome. super satisfying. Yeah. All right. So uh, I figure we'll we'll sort of go in categories, sort of like talking about systems and stuff. When you're talking about a uh, an RPG, especially a first person RPG, especially one that doesn't have necessarily a set character design or a set main character like The Witcher or things like that, you got to talk about the character creator. Character creator is a big deal for me in any video game that features it. Steve, what did you think about the character creator in Cyberpunk 2077? It was pretty good. Um, You know, my current favorite character creator is probably still that Demon Souls remake. I just love that one, but... I thought this one was pretty good. I I I'm, I don't get like excited about being able to customize a dick or anything like that. Well, you're but uh, you're I thought the it only was, one. I thought it was funny. I called <laughs> my wife and in, in to show it to her, and she definitely thought it was hilarious. She wants to create um, a female character soon, and I'm gonna watch her do that. That's gonna be great. But yeah, I thought it was it was fun. Pretty pretty smooth experience. Right on. What about you, Josh? Man, uh. I was like kind of torn because I, I'm the same way. I was like, I, I mean, when Fallout 4 launched, I thought I'd be into it and actually playing by like the first hour. Man, it was like two or three hours past midnight. It's like three in the morning, and I'm still like, I'm on to uh, create my wife now, like in the game. <laughs> like, I just switched over, and I was like, I don't know how long she's going to be in it, but I need to like, I need to feel some sense of attachment to her. So, I was like, I got to make her look some way, this way, that way, and mess with it and all that. And I just jump between both of them. I'll spend like, I, I know anytime I get an RPG with a character creator, I'm usually going to spend the first hour, if not two hours, uh, depending on how deep it goes, like messing around with that. But I liked it, but I had this weird problem. I don't know if any of you guys did, but like after I made my characters, I'd sometimes go like look at the reflection in the mirror mm-hmm. and it didn't like kind of, it reminded me of like Mass Effect 1 when like, you make your character, and there's not, like, the lighting's not super good, so then when you go into that cutscene, and it's following Shepard, and then the camera pans around on the Normandy, I'm like, I don't like how his Giles look, you know, and then I gotta go back and start. I felt yep. the same way with this at times, and I'd keep tweaking it as I went. But, you know, at the same time, like, it does, it, my character did look pretty cool. The options in there were pretty great, so, and I love the dick slider. I thought that was hilarious. Like, by the end of the game, I'm like, this made no difference at all. Why is this even in here? But then I was also like, I, at least I know what my character's dick looks like. That's know? right. <laughs> it's for your yeah. own self-actualization. All right, Randy, what would you think oh, of the yeah. character creator? I liked it. Uh, I agree that like once I'll spend like two hours inside the character creator trying to get everything just the way I want it. But then once mm-hmm. you get in the game and realize that all the uh, everything that made the character look cool within the character creator aren't necessarily represented in the actual game. You see mm-hmm. your character like in a reflection or when you're using like the photo mode, you're like, Oh, my character looks trashy, man. <laughs> 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 like there's nothing you can do at that point, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for character creators. Like that's like the first uh, two hours of me playing a game, but I, I'm the, I might be the only one who always goes with, at least out of this group, who always goes with a female every time I play. Oh, nice. Um, I go with females typically in the Souls games for really? my first. Time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I always I did start out that way. Yeah, 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 I always go dude first playthrough, lady second playthrough. So I've played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven as both. In Mass Effect, mm-hmm. I, my Paragon character is a dude. My Renegade character is always a lady. Um, 
So I, I if if it's a game I'm going to play more than once, I will explore both options. Um, yeah, I started I started off with a female, and I really liked like because I went on that forty minute demo came out way back when they first like revealed the gameplay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a female V, and I just loved the uh, the voice actress's voice for that character. I was like, man, that's like superb voice acting, A plus yeah. plus. And I thought that's what I'm going to start as. Like I don't I, I kind of dabble. Like sometimes I'll do a, a male playthrough or a female like. Mass Effect, it was a male playthrough. Dragon Age, I think one of my playthroughs, I had a female and stuff like that. It kind of varies, but this one I was like female, and then I found out I couldn't romance Pan Am, so I was like, well, I'm going to scrub that. <laughs> so, and then I switched over to a male playthrough, but yeah. Um, I like the character creator quite a bit. It's got a lot of options. I love character creators, man. Like, boy, you put me in front of a new character creator and watch me waste some time that I'll never get back, right? Um, I know, like, like for real, like, you think about it, I'm getting older, and I can't step late for video games like I used to, but I still damn sure try, and so when the game gets released at midnight or whatever, I spend the first two hours on that character creator, I'm so <laughs> juiced, and then by the time I actually get to the game, I play maybe five minutes of it, I'm like, I really gotta go to bed. It's the that. same, it's the same. I'm talking I about can't get far into it. Sure, I gotta go get my 50 winks, y'all, I'll be right back, I'll be back, I saw the opening cutscene, we said save saved <laughs> exactly um looking tight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but and it's so funny that you guys keep bringing up mass effect because uh you know as a little bit of a sizzle of an upcoming episode steve is playing mass effect one for the first time and oh shit i've been sort of that's his right. sherpa up the mountain of mass effect one because that's my favorite game series i've played a ton of them i've played them all a ton of times um except for andromeda Sheesh. and um Yeesh. I uh, <laughs> I was telling him, like, when he was making his character, he's like, I think my character looks pretty cool. And I was like, buddy, I don't want to even hear about Mass Effect characters because the amount of times I have started a new playthrough of Mass Effect and gotten to see my Shepard in, like, three cutscenes and been like, I can't take this for 40 hours. He looks <laughs> fucked up. What did I do wrong? <laughs> Why is it they always look cross-eyed? I don't yeah. know, man. I haven't once ever been able to make a Commander Shepard that would make any lady turn her head. You know what I mean? Like, never <laughs> once. Every single character you make looks like they had a nail through the head. Yes. I yeah. never made one I was satisfied with. Like never I had to, like when I made a female one, I was fine. When I made a male one and tried to make it look like me, garbage. I was like, this is just absolute trash. I couldn't every uh, Mass Effect I stuck, character. I just stuck with the base one. Just, I didn't change shit. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame one. you. I, I told Steve that I think that's the best way to go, especially with that original trilogy. Because every right. single Mass Effect character I've ever made looked like a dude who would be in the basement at the Fratelli's restaurant in Goonies. That's all I'm saying, man. I can't, <laughs> I can't figure it out for some reason. And I've played those games a lot. And uh, I smell ice cream. Maybe oh, that's man. one I of love the, that, <laughs> that might be one of the reasons um, I didn't do this in Cyberpunk. Because if you don't want to, you really don't have to see your character that much. I will say this, slightly related to character creator, I don't know, and I played a lot of this game, and I got a lot of cool shit in this game, never once did I think my character looked cool. My character always looked like a futuristic fucking thrift shop threw up on him. Like, I don't know what you gotta do to get a cool looking outfit in this game, but 
it ain't it ain't ever happened for me in this game. Yeah, <clears throat> totally, man. They they True. look like of uh, like twenty something like L.A. kids. Like everything oh. just looks like thrown together like trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they, like I'm I'm one of those dudes who if I put all this time into uh, you know side quest and getting all the cool shit in a game. I want to see that reflected in my character. And no, I look like a rejected extra from Back to the Future 2. Like, they could have done a little better. <laughs> they could have done I a little better. I think that you're supposed to go for the legendary outfits, but I didn't do that either, and I always felt like I was playing um, Gathering of the Juggalos 2077. <laughs> oh totally. Totally. And, okay, I do want to... We said we weren't going to harp on it too much, but I do want to call out one of my favorite, this is related to character creator, one of my favorite glitches in video game history um, happened about a week after this game released, and if you were playing a male <laughs> character, just I randomly, <laughs> your dick would pop out of your pants. So you would yeah, go yeah. into photo mode, or you would go look at your guy in the inventory screen, and he'd be fully clothed with his dick just <laughs> dangling, son. Not much we of a dangler on mine. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's fantastic. Case in point, man, not all glitches are bad. Not all glitches are bad. (laughs) Dude, I remember seeing on Twitter someone had a glitch where their character was butt booty naked on top of a motorbike driving out there toward like Arasaka or something, doing like a T-pose, like on top (laughs) of it. Nice. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Game of the year. Okay. So um, the next topic I figure we'll talk about is... um, it's really important. It's what puts the RPG in this game, I think, and that is the um, the skill trees, right? The the part of the game where your, your your RPG addicts can get in there, really dig in, assign points, and sort of build out the character that they want to make. Um, I'll address it first this time. I think there's too many goddamn skills. I think the skill trees in this game are too complicated, and I love skill trees. Uh, there's a lot of cool ones in there. I'm not saying that it's you know that there's not, but there's too much. There's skill trees within skill trees within skill trees. I think they could have uh, pared that down just a little better and made it more manageable. Um, I do think there's a lot of cool ones though. Not saying that there isn't, and that there's it's not worth it to you know really invest the time. But I think there's far too many. What about you, Josh? What do you think? I do get that. I did feel kind of overwhelmed at times because I would have like a, like, well, like I said, I started out as like a stealth build and there'd be so many options across, like, I think the six, I want to say it was like six trees or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I just started to get overwhelmed because I was like, there's like uh, so many different ones. And then the way it's like displayed out, you have to get to a certain level, you know, before you can access this one. And then Mm -hmm. you have to put points into that specific like tree itself to even like get access to right. some of those other ones and mm-hmm. yeah, i just got like weird. yeah it was really strange and like it i think after they had the next gen update correct me if i'm wrong but i think you could like reset like get all yes. your points back if you spend a certain amount of like eddies and that was cool but you couldn't reset like the base stats and i was like that's weird but um i mean i, I did feel kind of overwhelmed because like there's so many things for quick hacking. There's so many things mm-hmm. for just like you know base weapon damage. There's so many things for stealthing, like the individual weapons themselves. It was hard because I kind of wanted like to pick a specific build, 
but like I just I kind of wanted to try everything. Yeah. And I felt like that sensory overload from it. Mm -hmm. Well, like so you know I'm someone who if I recognize that there are, there are going to be areas or options locked behind certain skills, this kind of ties back mm -hmm. into Steve playing Mass Effect One for the first time. Like, it will drive me crazy if I get to a door and I can't get through this door because my skill, whatever skill it is, isn't high yeah. enough. Buddy, all the skills matter in this one. So, like, it's it's something I just had to become okay with. Like, I'm not going to be able to get in or see everything because all the skills come into play at some point. And then, like, uh, it's for some of the, like, so you, you have your base stats, your, your strength, your intelligence, your cool, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I would put a point to raise that stat, but then feel like my perk points or whatever, I didn't want to spend within that tree, right? So it didn't seem like it seemed uh, incongruous at times. Steve, what did you think? Um, so, uh, I I agree that it felt overwhelming a lot of the times, and I, I felt like I spent an inordinate amount of time sitting there pondering uh, what to do with my point. Um, but in defense of it, um, that I I can see what they were going for. They wanted to encourage like multiple builds, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and I I appreciate that that like that kind of thing is kind of it kind of pays off in the long run. If you put a lot of time into the game, you appreciate that kind of stuff more. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I just felt like whatever, I'll just focus on as much shotgun stuff as I can. And then just spend 10 minutes every time I want to spend a point like, Oh, what was in this tree again? Uh, you know, cause I wanted yeah. to put some, I wanted to put some stuff in crafting. Um, cause I wanted to make legendary weapons and, um, things like that. So, but I didn't get too much into the quick hacking uh, this time. I did a little bit, you know, here and there to disable some cameras when I was trying to be a little sneaky. But um, most of the time, I just spent it in body and uh, ref was it reflexes mm -hmm. at the other mm -hmm. tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Randy? What do you think about the uh, skill tree system in this game? Uh, I I thought the skill tree system was pretty fucking broken. Right. Um, there are there's so much padding that happens in the skill tree, like stuff that you think should go with like spending a perk point, like within the parent group. Mm -hmm. Like when you get like you know another five percent damage with rifles, that should kind of I feel like that should kind of go with up putting another point into the group as a whole. Reflex instead of it being a skill. Of, yeah. Yeah. Th there's a lot of padding that happens through that, and then you have like something like stealth, where once you've spent uh, like you've went like a third or halfway through it you pretty much have everything you need from that skill tree because the things that are being thrown at you from the world don't necess necessitate you needing to put any more into it there's a lot of good ideas but the world doesn't necessarily uh give you stuff to make use of all the things that are in there like uh hiding behind a barricade mm -hmm. it's not really ever anything that you need to like force yourself to really invest in brawling you really only need to worry about that when you start going into the boxing matches right because otherwise most people aren't going to use like a melee build yeah um there, i i think there's just a lot of that if you look at the bloat that's in the uh, skill tree that uh, there's extra points for the sake of having a skill tree that looks like it's more robust than it actually is yeah and i feel like i would have been a lot happier with a more focused skill tree 
that was a little bit more lenient with the spending of the points because there are mm-hmm. times. Then I'll tell you this: the one thing, and and this is not just in cyberpunk; it's in any video game. The last thing I want to feel when I'm investing a point in a skill tree is that I'm investing a point in something that I am not interested in solely for the fact of unlocking something further in that tree. And I feel like I encountered that more often in cyberpunk than in some other games. Like I fully appreciate and like a detailed skill tree that allows you to super hone in on a hyper specific build of a character. I just think they missed the mark a little bit uh, with cyberpunk in achieving that. Yeah, I would go as far as it like once you go really far into any one of the skill trees, it very quickly breaks uh, elements of the game. Yes. Where like if you go all the way through stealth and you're just you have so much power that you can just control everything around you. Mm. It you no longer are playing the combat, but not to a way to where you feel like you're having the same amount of fun by hacking. Whereas, like, if you go all the way through the crafting uh, skill tree, at a certain point, like, you're turning, like, <laughs> you're just going to vending machines, getting cans, and turning them into weapons that you sell for four times as much. Like, you've broke the economy at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's kind of true of a lot of the skill trees in this thing. If you do invest in one thing, you end up breaking the game in a way I don't think they necessarily intended or just didn't think at, think through enough. It, that You're right. It is incredibly common. Like... Do that exact same thing, fully invest in like a one tree and Skyrim and any of the Bethesda RPGs, and you're going to break the mm-hmm. game, right? Like, right. so it's this is not necess- necess- necessarily, whew, I'll get there eventually, mm-hmm. a cyberpunk issue. <laughs> you're good, you're good. <laughs> all right. right, like, uh, like, did you guys mess around with like the uh, silencers at all? Oh, yeah, like nope. if you invest in this silencer stuff, like, you become a crit like fucking destroyer where like you can just do anything you want with the silencer like if you can have a fucking a rifle with a silencer and just be a beast Mm -hmm. in a way that breaks the game like i don't think they intended it to be that damaging yeah yep yeah it's weird i felt like a big skilled gap because it like at first i felt kind of like overwhelmed you know like i said the skill trees and like even just so many weapons and stuff and then like there was a just a moment where it felt like I just went from like not powerful at all to like insanely powerful, right. way like maxed out, even though I wasn't actually maxed out. And I just got to a point where there was several times where I didn't realize like I had like points to put into stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't paying attention because I just felt like powerful enough. So yeah, I get that. Yeah, like yeah, not to like go too far into this, but like I think the combat was most interesting at those early stages where there were still like territories you could walk into where people were too strong for you Mm -hmm, and if you were if you were clever you could still get through that combat encounter but then there comes a point where it it doesn't matter anymore like you go anywhere you're just gonna fucking wreck yeah and especially if you're if you're ocd about it like i tend to be and you do all the side quests before you start the story like you do every side quest available until you have to do a story thing like by the end of the opening area that first little chunk of night city you have open to you like i'm leveled up and geared up to a point before it's even opened up to the rest of the open world where there's not much of a challenge left anymore and like i'm not looking for a souls like experience but i do want a little bit of a challenge you know um all right speaking of night city obviously this is an open world rpg uh maybe one of the most important things 
with an open world RPG is its setting. So let's talk a little bit about Night City as a setting itself. Uh, Randy, we'll start with you on this one, buddy. What did you think of the setting of Night City? I think that's the most interesting part of this game, man. I the agree. city itself, the burrows, the uh, little like conversations that happen as you walk around, the little side quests that get uh, introduced to you, like the monk who gets captured. Oh my god, that that's one a good was one. Oh, so good. It's just like <clears throat> there are, and there's different like uh, ideologies that happen in the different burrows, like the what they represent, like in American culture. It's just it's a very interesting world. I think that. We'll need some examples to like deep dive into it, but but yes, I definitely like that's my favorite part of this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing I'll say is is and this is more of a me thing than the game thing, right? When and and since I've did this twice all the way through because I can't help it. Um, when you're in that opening area and you do everything else, because there's a lot of side activities when that opening area is introduced. Um, right. You don't really get the full breadth and 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 scope of Night City um, because I feel like once you get out of that open area is where it really kicks into high gear and you start seeing some personality to the city and the differences between the burrows and the wastelands on the outskirts and stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it is a, a pretty cool fucking setting. And, you know, I, I do think we should at least somewhat acknowledge that just like The Witcher, where they were adapting, you know, a, uh, already established lore and characters and stuff. This springs from a pen and paper RPG series called Cyberpunk 2042, I think. I can't remember. Um, but regardless, like, you know, they had some of the at least groundwork done for them at this point, but... They executed it really well, I think. Um, if you've ever wanted to play the closest thing to like a Blade Runner RPG, this is kind of the closest thing, you know? Before I would oh, say yeah. it would be like a Deus Ex game might come kind of close, but I think this achieves that better. Josh, what did you think about Night City? I loved it. You know, it's weird because like, I, like on one hand, I feel like there were times I felt it's a little hollow and lifeless, like mm -hmm. even though there's so many people passing by on the streets and stuff, and they they have those random conversations. But there was just as many other times between like the inner city areas where it just was like super populated. The soundtrack was fire, you know, and I'm driving oh, really fast, and uh, you know, and I'm just seeing all the different aesthetics. You know, you're going out to the Badlands, and it's just all like the boonies out there. You get out to like Pacifica, and it's like this rundown, decayed, you know. Uh, what was going to be like a promised land essentially out there and it's not you know and like all the different aesthetics tonally was just really great i felt everything was there was a lot of varied detail out there right um but i loved man it, it was tough it got to a point where i just stopped driving two missions and sometimes i would just walk around just oh, wow. because i started picking up i started picking up random side quests like that monk one and stuff and i was like what am i missing you know by driving so mm -hmm. yeah I, I loved it i loved it Steve, buddy, what'd you think? I agree with pretty much everything that's been said. It's gorgeous. Um, I never got tired of looking at it. Um, especially, like, when you go outside the city, kind of to the Badlands for the first time, and you're driving back into it. Um, I was shit at the driving at first. It took me a, a few hours to get the hang of that without got crashing into 18 it. things. Yeah, it, it did. But I got used to it. And, uh, 
Yeah, I agree. Also, there are times when it feels like really kind of lifeless. Um, <clears throat> but there's also spots in the map where it feels really lively and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. bustling as well. So, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of a mixed bag with the the actual crowds, I think. But um, the design of the city itself is is really interesting, and I had a really great time driving through it, walking through it, whatever. I feel like any time you come across hand like quote unquote handcrafted content or scenarios meaning like you're not just in the open world with like you know mm -hmm. occasionally wonky um uh crowd ai going on because okay so we've talked about how we're playing this next gen patch and how they they've really fixed this game a lot guys i have a bug in my game of cyberpunk right now that is hilarious and annoying at the same time so I'm a guy who every night when I finish playing cyberpunk, I drive my car back to a, my apartment and I take my, my V upstairs and I tuck them into bed. I say, night, night, I'll see you later. Next time I get <laughs> oh, yeah, a little, yeah, next time I get a little <laughs> stony baloney, we'll hang out, buddy. All right. So every time when I start the game up, I wake up in V's apartment, I take a shower and shit. I maybe change my outfit a little bit. I hit the road, right? The minute I get in my car outside the apartment, everybody within like a mile radius starts freaking the fuck out and running away from me. And it creates like a virtual stampede of NPCs every single time. It is yeah. hilarious. But like you're playing state of emergency. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> you go into, you know, like a, a place that's part of a quest or, um, you know, like inside of a bar or like a club or a brain dance parlor or whatever, like that stuff is top tier, top tier. Even something as small as like there's a, a little it's not even a side quest. It's one of those things where you have like a, a fixer gig and you've got to go try to get um, this item, this like memory chip out of a restaurant where a bunch of maelstrom are hanging out. Like, even th just that small building has, like, a lot of personality and a lot of interesting shit going on in it. Um, so, I, I think they did really well in parts and other parts. I think, you know, it's their first attempt at a game like this as far as a, uh, a more modern open world, modern setting open world where you would have massive crowds and stuff. To where it's something I could see them getting a better hang on handle on, uh, you know in later iterations or something so in in all like instances of it it feels like the world is very believable as long as you don't want to interact with it yeah as long as you're just like a window mm -hmm. shopping yep. through it then it's all very believable as soon as you want to interact with the guy who's just at some random house in the middle of a city mm -hmm. like that's where shit so you're like oh okay this isn't that right. interactive as long as you're yeah, just a way to put experiencing it yeah it right feels right like the like same guy who's comforting his sick girlfriend in the alley is going to be there forever. Right. Yeah. You know I mean, she's, she's, yeah. she's really right. sick. So <laughs> she's real sick. Um, she's really fucking sick. I'll tell you this, like just, uh, you know, before we move on to the next section, um, I'll tell you this. Anytime I was in a car ride in this game, cause at very various points, somebody will ask you to take a car ride with them where you're not controlling the car. You're just hanging out. It eventually yeah. will give you the option to skip to the end of the car ride. Not me. Anytime I could just sit in the car and look out the windows at Night City um, and check things, that, those moments are real fucking cool. That's when you really feel 
sort of immersed in it, I feel. Um, and they nailed agree, those some moments. Especially at, at night. Yes. With, at with night Mario in the rain. Yeah. At night Ooh. in the rain specifically, that game is there's something special at that like that confluence of, of special parameters meet. You're gonna see something cool. So Dude, that yeah. stuff was cream for me. I loved those cream. moments so much. I did the same thing. Like I would, I wouldn't skip. I would, <laughs> I would just sit there and like take it in, and I'm listening to the music that's playing, and you know, just like especially when we're driving. I drove out to the Badlands so much. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I remember riding with Pan Am so much in those missions you get with her and stuff, and just soaking it in. And I was like, man, like they, like they do really have something with this. And I felt that that first moment you're with Jackie, and you do the mission. And you're like driving in the car, and it's kind of like it's like right before it goes into that montage. I yep. want to say, like, I know I what you're talking about. And off. Yeah, and it's like that's that moment where I'm like, holy shit! Like the world kind of opens up to me, and I don't know. I mean, I love all that. Do you guys remember though? I got, I, I, I can't look at a billboard now and not think of it. But there is this billboard. I swear, I saw like every like two billboards. It was this one of this dude who's like about to eat the booty like groceries oh and i can't yes. remember the advertisement yeah. but i it's like etched in my brain now because yes. i saw it was like overplayed in that and i was like hell yeah and then the 45th time i was like hell yeah but then like the 89th time i was like oh, all right <laughs> yeah so the billboards like the billboards are one of those things where it depends on my mood right i'm looking at them and i'm like damn that is fucking stylish and like what a cool sort of representation of this cyberpunk future and every now and then and it could be the exact same billboard and i'd be like all right guys we get it we get it you know and the Mm -hmm. one i always saw and i guarantee you it's who it was based off of but there's the one with the lady in the sunglasses who i swear is billy eilish do you guys know the billboard i'm talking about i think so 100 percent. i think that's who it's supposed to be so right I want to talk about the story of cyberpunk um, as we sort of come closer to the end of this episode. I think we should address that. We've talked about a lot of other stuff as far as, as that's concerned. Um, but to kick off starting about talking about the story, I kind of want to talk about the different character paths, the different character origins that you could choose and how, to me, it's one of the most disappointing parts of the game. So there's three options, right? There's Street Kid, there's Corpo, there's um nomad my first playthrough i did nomad and i was like oh wow this is fucking cool i can see how this opening is different right um and then on my second playthrough i played as a street kid and didn't find the intro to be nearly as cool um and then the fact that that choice at the beginning which in all of the marketing leading up to this game and and from the start of this game, they make seem like it's going to have um, big effects on your playthrough throughout the game. Turns out to be a handful of dialogue options at the best, right? I found that pretty uh, disappointing. What did you think about that uh, aspect, Steve? Yeah, I, I agree. I was a street kid as well. And I mean, some of the some of the dialogue choices were nice I, I i did enjoy like how my guy knew just about everything about every gang or whatever and right. like if, if you were dealing with somebody in the gang you would pull out some guy's name uh i know that it ultimately didn't really lead to anything different but i did kind of like the variety it added into just some conversations with random people but other than that that was 
that was literally all it was good for i yeah, think for sure what do you think randy um i i think the uh street kid is kind of kind of feels like the natural like the true origin the of that yeah the yeah. canon yeah yeah because mm-hmm. like it or not like after a couple seconds you're inundated with all the like the key players of the city mm-hmm. so the street kid just feels like the natural one and then if you go with the badlands which i think is the coolest intro yes but then you end up going through all these Pan Am quests where that should play a big role in how your character relates to it, but you still feel like an outsider. Mm-hmm. Like, if you sure. come from the Badlands, that should play some kind of role in how you relate to these people. But you still feel like that street kid who's just going into their little world. And Corpos, right. who fucking picks a narc to be their fucking... Yeah, I ain't, play that, I ain't playing that. I ain't playing that goddamn narc. Um, <laughs> what do you think, did Josh? did you play as a narc? Uh, when I when I first started as the the in the female playthrough, uh, I went corpo, because I, I just wanted the coolest. I loved I loved their clothes. I loved the aesthetics and everything like that. But man, I was like, I think that's where I first got humbled with the game because I did not think it was gonna be like this under an hour, like prologue kind of. It just really like mm-hmm. throws you through it. You're you're over it, and then you're into like the rest of the game. But yeah, when I did the male playthrough, I ended up going nomad. Street Kid's the only one I haven't done. I've heard good things about that one, like you said, Randy, but. Yeah, um, I did Nomad, and I liked it, but it was it was interesting. I don't want to get ahead for sure, but um, by the end of the story with my decision, I was I was like, man, I don't know. I felt like, you know, in the role-playing sense, I felt like Night City swallowed me whole. I wasn't ready to go. Oh, shit. So I felt like I went <laughs> nice. from, like, a Badlands boy all the way to, like, turning over into, like, loving the city and stuff. So this it was, is why they it was be, interesting. This is why they be getting fucking shout-outs by 343 over at the Sacred Icon podcast. You know what <laughs> I'm sitting here waxing poetic about little digital dicks, and he's talking about Night City swallowing them whole. God damn. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the story, um, you know, as a whole. Like, whatever, like, this is going to be a kind of, it's hard, right? It's, a, it's an open world game. There's different choices. There's a lot of side quests and extra qu- stories that maybe not everybody did. So, like, when it's your turn, just kind of talk about the story overall. Spend as much time as you want bringing up high points, low points. What would you think of it as a whole? Uh, Randy, why don't you kick that one off for us, buddy? Man, that's a big one. <laughs> I know, man. It's, there's a lot. Well, Whatever you feel like. And, you know, we'll bounce off of it. You know how we do. We're all professionals. Oh, Hell for yeah. sure, man. <laughs> um, I think... The stuff that sticks with me with that story in particular is the stuff that's happening on the periphery of like the things that end up happening because Mm -hmm. this world is uh, taken over by corporate values. Like all this stuff of like harvesting people's organs on the side, Mm -hmm. selling experiences of people through uh, the brain dances, like the, uh, the fucking rural ass like patriots that live like outside uh, but yeah, the still like believe like in, yeah like i think those things are like the story things that are really interesting to me and uh, going through the whole evelyn parker judy storyline i think was probably one of the highlights Ooh, yeah. as you go into like the human trafficking element of the city and meeting like that really fucking sleazy splicer mm-hmm. um like those parts, like uh, those are the things that like make the city and the stories that were interesting to me. Like going on like the fringe of society, 
Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'll think of other things as other people bring stuff up. But I mean, I think that's the stuff that kind of sticks with me and kind of is indicative of what the story is for me. Which which sleazy Spicer? Spicer. The one, sorry. the one that has like a uh, almost looks like um, he has like the little pencil mustache. Did you find him in his office? Yeah. Oh, okay, I ended up chopping that dude into little pieces with my mantis blades. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, man. Damn. I told so you know as as far as like an overview of the story, I think the quote unquote main story is solid enough. It gets the job done, right? I think they've done better with main stories. I think the main story of Witcher Two is better than the main story of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. But the some of right. the side stuff, and it takes a little bit. That's the problem. Steve and I talk about this sometimes, like sort of the. Um, the entry level commitment it takes to get to a point where a game is really good, right? For me, I'm someone who plays a lot of fucking Japanese RPGs and I will put way too much time into one hoping it gets good for that to never pay off. Cyberpunk to me is a little bit like that. Um, It's got some cool opening moments and stuff, but you really get to the good stuff pretty far, not pretty far, but it takes a time commitment before you can really get to the good story stuff. If it's if that is a concern of yours, then you're going to have to, you know, sort of wait it out. But once they start hitting, they are really good. Like you guys talked about that senator side quest. Um mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. the quest with the convicted killer who wants to be crucified on live TV is fucking crazy. <laughs> like there are some yeah. really cool stuff uh as far as um side quests are related that to me that is where you like Randy was saying it's the periphery stuff that really sort of gives the world the depth and the griminess to it and I do like that like you know you're not always hanging out with like the good guys or even the kind of good guys like sometimes you're hanging out and having to associate with the real pieces of shit in this world um and you know they don't pull punches and and part of that you know definitely plays into where i think it does cross the line into edge lord territory from time to time but when they're able to pull it off and it and it doesn't get to that level i think they do a really good job with it i think they do a really good job with it and some of it doesn't even have to be dark like i'm not looking for a grim dark side quest with every one uh, i think a perfect example for me um and I'm sure you guys saw this side quest. The side quest where you meet the sentient vending machine. Yes, I was going to bring that one up. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Was it, what was his name? I can't Brandon? remember. Brandon. And the, the majority of that side quest is just you going and hanging out with this vending machine from time to time. And it actually turns out to be really sad, but it's not necessarily, you know, dark human trafficking and shit. I'm not always looking for that, right? Um, but I think the overall story, the stuff with Johnny Silverhand, I think is fairly compelling and well done. I like Keanu. I kind of wish they just made him more Keanu, you know? Like, you're going to get Keanu in your game. Like, kind of let him fucking Keanu it up. I'm saying his name too much now. We're going to move along. Steve, what did you think? <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I generally enjoyed the story. I wouldn't say it was my favorite CD Projekt Red story or anything, but... I. I, I thought it had some pretty good beats. I enjoyed the Takamura stuff. Yep. I you think know, the, the, the heavy, cool. heavy mm-hmm. Japanese influence 
thoughts on some stuff there and i really enjoyed that like the um the part where you're having to kind of navigate this parade of floats to try to get him in the same room as this uh the the guy's sister Mm -hmm. and you end up getting attacked by the other guy in a really badass suit of armor and there's lots of cool shit there was also um the side quest with the cars that I wanted to make sure we brought up. Oh, the, the Delamain. Um, what are those cars called? The sentient ones. The Delamains. Yeah. 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 Um, and you, yeah, the Delamains. Yeah, and you have to find um, a bunch of his rogue cars through the city. Mm-hmm. And there's one that you find who's like really, really creepy. He's like out in this grave car graveyard, like yep. in the middle of the of the car graveyard. You know the one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That part was cool, man. That was really cool. That one sticks with me. That yeah, the fact that one of those fucking AI cars was essentially a car serial killer, like he was fucking Kevin Spacey and Seven without the controversy, like that shit was. <laughs> a, a cool I was getting like Christine idea. vibes from that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So was, Josh, what did you think? What was um? What did you think of the story of Cyberpunk? Anything particular that you want to call out? I really did end up loving the main story by the end of it. I do feel like. It took a while to really find its footing, mm-hmm. but it had that nice dichotomy where, like, you like my character did not relate to Johnny. He was a little too edgy for me personally. Like, I like mm-hmm. barring Keanu aside, I love Keanu, but like, his character was a little too edgy at times. But then I found, you know, as I was playing it more and I was trying to get more into just the role playing, like removing my own personal like, like what I would actually do in this situation from that, like I found like. I was starting to feel more like Johnny was starting to feel more like me. And it was an interesting like tether and bond as it was like building to the climax. And I was like, man, like, I don't know where this is going. And then all the shit with Alt Cunningham was super tragic and kind of heartbreaking, but also like messed up. And I think that's what I really kind of enjoyed about the main. So, well, just the, the stories overall in this is like, you can go from something as serious as like the main quest and then you have this side quest where this dude's cock's gonna explode, and you gotta like try to get <laughs> yep. like save him in time. And it's like, and I, I failed that mission like two or three times, and I just thought it's inevitable, buddy. It's just like I can't. I'm so tired of doing this. I could, I just couldn't get him there in time. But then eventually I did it, and I was like, you know, I'm glad there are quests like that, as ridiculous as they are. But then you turn around, you have the one with the monk where you are like meditating. I don't know if you guys remember that one. I do. Yeah, that yeah. one was really like special. I thought really like had a nice chance to like detach and um, get out of Night City in a way, even though you're still there. But like, I think it just it it kind of touched every corner. Like, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. It covered some interesting like conversations. I thought it dealt with heavy things. I mean, the the biggest quest, honestly, outside of the well, the paralysis ones were huge for me because. At least in my ending, I can't remember how different it can go, but, like, I went to visit Jefferson Perales to, like, lie to him. His wife wanted me to lie about some of the stuff. I'm kind of fuzzy on the details now. Right, yeah. But I go and, like, I fib to him, and he goes off. He's like, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to settle it, and I'll figure it out. Thanks, V. Goes off, and I look off in the distance, and, like, way out of bounds, there's this NPC standing on this, like, roof or something. And his name, like, when I scanned him, his name showed up as Mr. Blue Eyes. And he's just standing there watching it. And I was like, is he the one behind that? Because they never, like, fully answer or absolve that quest. Like, you just get, get, like, texts from, like, 
I think the wife blocks you. I think he sends you one more, at least in my playthrough. And mm. that was like it. And I thought, man, like I kind of liked that it didn't just like fully complete, that it left room for thought there and introspection. And then you have like the one with River where you go to like rescue his nephew from a farm mm-hmm. of this dude who's like kidnapping teenagers. And at first you get on the computer and you're reading stuff and it's like, you see this animated cartoon of like this dude milking a cow, super fucked up stuff, super dark. And I was like, man, I, there were times like there were times I was really surprised this game went as dark as it did in some territories. But then for every one of that, you had the booty eating groceries billboard and you had the dick exploding side yeah. quest. So, you know, but I really loved um I really loved all of it. I I thought it was fantastic and and varied and it felt like there was something to do around every corner. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, I. I... I, I did want to bring right. up one thing really quick. Uh, like, as far as, like, the main story goes, I think it was fucking awesome up until the point where you do the heist. I think everything, mm-hmm. like, moved and had an yeah. ongoing, like, awesome tension and, like, fucking came to this, like, peak when you're actually doing that heist and finding out that, like, so-and-so killed fucking uh, what's-his-face's father and you're going through all, like, that, all that stuff up to that point was awesome awesome but it feels like once johnny gets involved in it and this isn't anything against the keanu or johnny silverhand as a character but it just becomes aimless at that point where everything else seems so focused and so well like orchestrated yeah and like you know i think they do deserve a little bit of common condom uh commendation there we go for pulling off like a, a a corporate espionage story in a video game you know not the most compelling story sometimes, especially in a video game. And, like, the way they pulled off some of that I thought was really good. But I agree with you. The final moments, like, you know, of the game, not great. Not great. Um, but, it, you know, it's not one of those things where, like, you know, I'll use the corny um, thing people always say. It's, it's not necessarily the destination but the journey there. Like, the moments leading yeah. up there were yep. strong enough to where, you know, maybe being a little bit let down by the ending moments wasn't that big of a deal to me. Um, I do think, you know, there is future, there's a future for this franchise, despite any controversy, like this game sold a fuck ton of copies. Like this game was successful. Was it successful to the, the, uh, heights that maybe their board of directors and stuff wanted? Who knows? But I think they'll take another crack at it. And I think I could see further iterations of this game and this universe honing in and sort of tightening up like they did with uh, The Witcher 2 and 3. And I think you could be in for something really special at that point. Whereas I think this is a really good game. Um, It's not going to be a game that makes it anywhere near like a, a favorite list of mine. I enjoyed playing it. I thought, you know, it had a lot of strong elements, some weaker elements, but I think with further work and and um iterating on this concept, I think they could really get something special. Can we uh just really quick talk about weapons? We didn't get a chance to talk yeah, about let's, weapons. Yeah, let's much. talk about weapons and then we'll call it a night. You go for it, Steve. Kick it off. Yeah, man. I just wanted to know if anybody had any of the leg- not the legendary weapons, but the um kind of signature weapons that they liked that you could get from the the special quest i really like this special katana you got early on yeah mm-hmm. the katana was cool mm-hmm. man i i don't think i really used any of that i kind of switched i never really stuck with anything i kind of switched it up a lot but um i liked using dildos to beat people up that was fun <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
Like, I can't ever turn down the opportunity to at least try that. But, no, I mean, I love Johnny's pistol when you get it. Like, when I... Those oh, yeah. flashback sequences, when you're taking down... Or you're, you're trying to take down Arasaka Tower or whatever, and uh, you got his pistol, dude. Oh, my God. Like, I just felt like a beast. I was like, man, I hope I can level my character up like this, because God, it felt amazing. <laughs> just one-shotting one everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it was, it was Did awesome. Did you guys uh, mess with, with the uh, sniper rifle, the Overwatch? Yes. That was one I used. Oh, a I lot. didn't. It was That's one the that one you, you get could from snipe the Pan through Am walls, quest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could see through that, walls and snipe through walls. That gun was badass. Yes, yeah, I used really that one. Gun. I did not even realize it could see through walls. Damn, I missed out on that. Yeah, that like, was a really good one. I think the smart weapons, like once you really like, you get the hand upgrade or whatever that lets you use those, and like you're running and you're just shooting randomly, and the bullets are arcing and nailing headshots and going around mm-hmm. corners or like Randy's <laughs> talking about with that one gun shooting through walls like that shit is real cool man and you get like the double jumps or you're jumping up high in the air and just like it, it's really cool the weapons I think are really cool it takes a second though it's another one of those elements of the game that you gotta invest some time into before you really unlock its potential and I saw it firsthand with Steve like the first few nights he was playing and we'd be on the headset talking he'd be like the combat's good, but like I don't know. It's you know I'm not seeing what's special about this. What right? Um, right. Absolutely, yeah. And then yeah, those smart weapons definitely helped. Yep. And then the <laughs> minute he unlocked those, I get off work one day, I pop on the Xbox headset, and he's like, "Man, I am fucking digging cyberpunk combat." So like it happens. You just got to give it some time. It does take an investment. Did you guys ever get uh, Skippy the talking gun? I love yes. one of my favorites. Near the I end. love Skippy. Skippy <laughs> rules. Awesome. And how you can change Skippy between lethal and non-lethal. And yeah. I tell you what, when it came time to give Skippy back to his owner, I didn't want to do it. I didn't complete the quest. That is how much I like Skippy. I was like, uh-uh, you staying with me, pal. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we covered just about everything. I mean, probably not. This is a huge game. We could have talked forever, but I ain't trying to keep you guys all night. I got shit I got to do myself. So before we go, Josh, buddy, why don't you tell everybody where they can hear you um, do your podcast magic every week? Yeah, uh, thanks, man. It's a huge honor to be on this podcast. Uh, love you guys. You guys are super awesome. I look forward to you guys every Monday. So this has been great. Uh, I do a weekly podcast with my friend Brian. Uh, on the Sacred Icon podcast, where we talk Halo, sometimes talk about some other stuff. Um, and that's, yeah, that's every week. Um, you can find us at Sacred Icon Pod. My friend Brian at Brian's Bane. Couldn't do it without him. And I am at Jedi Knight Joshi on Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah, guys, you should check him out, right? You should. If you listen to any other Halo podcast, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're listening to the wrong one. Check out Sacred Icon. And Randy, I love you for that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Randy, buddy, where can they hear you? Where can they follow you? So on and so forth. Um, you can find me on uh, Sith List related endeavors. I do YouTube.com slash the Sith List where we do reactions to uh, TV shows, trailers, all that nonsense. And then we do a weekly uh, pop culture podcast at uh, SithList.com. And where can they follow you on, like, your socials? You like your Twitter? They can't. So. They cannot find me online. I am not online. Okay. I, I, okay. Cool. We'll go with that. So, guys, speaking of socials, you can find me and Steve anywhere, bruh. 
You can find us on Twitter at Stone Cobra. That's Steve at Blue Harvest Pod. That's me at High Potion Pod. That's his podcast. Leave us a five star review, please. For the love of God, leave us a five star <laughs> review. I'm tired of begging, man. Uh, oh, I just hit a last minute brain fart. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks um, a lot, guys. Josh, big fan me. of your podcast, man. Randy, you're a rad ass, dude. You're doing a thank great you podcast. Guys. Big fan of you guys. So, yeah, thank you. You guys take care and have a good night. Yep. Talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.